Hello and welcome to the Program Pod, a production of the RCBC Podcast Network, where we take an RCBC program and do a deep dive from different perspectives within the program. And thanks for joining the conversation with me, your host, Jay Varga. And for today's episode, we're taking a look under the social and behavioral sciences meta major umbrella with an incredible human services success story in the making and one of our finer faculty voices on campus or online in this case here. So joining me today, we have Gina Carciello. Right. She's looking at me. Just had to get that in there. But whoever came incredible hop, uh, heavy obstacles and sparked her inner light into a 2022 RCBC President's Award winner and one of our commencement speakers, a first generation student who earned a degree in human services, an addiction counselor certificate while achieving memberships in the National Society of Leadership and Success and the Phi Theta Kappa Honor Society, community volunteer and now student at Rowan University. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. But it's Gia, not Gina. What's Gia? Yeah, yeah I know. On the way here too, I knew I was going to do that because my sister in law is Gina. Their yeah. son, their son, my nephew is Gio, and you're right, right in the middle of it. And I was like, "Don't say it, don't say it," and I still said it. So Gia, everybody, and then also coming all the way across the globe from Georgia, yes, the country. We have Doctor Brandon Chapman which uh, we'll touch base a little bit on that Georgia conversation in a second. But our RCBC instructor and department chair for social and behavioral science as he's done field work in russia parts of the cis eurasia arctic and subarctic alaska trinidad tobago peru ecuador and has been uh you know established in some published several journals there in the social science journal and cultural survival survival quarterly did i miss anything there that sounds good so thanks for having me thanks and i'm glad to be with you uh, with you both yeah so it's uh, glad everybody could take the time out of the schedule uh and allocate time to do this well, so. especially you so what time is it in georgia over there uh it is almost 7 p.m so uh it's it's just we, we I, my fiance and i just had dinner so okay. I, I'm, I'm full of georgian food right now but that's a whole other topic so. <laughs> yeah i haven't had my breakfast yet so so anyway again as rcbc embraces a student first philosophy here let's start with you gia Right. Okay. I had uh, an RCBC student story similar to yours. Uh, the very first episode that we have here on the program pod, who overcame his own battle of addiction and then went on to be a mechanical engineer at Lockheed Martin. Incredible stuff. So can you share your background story and, uh, you know, what provided that like that moment of clarity and you know, why you chose human services and come to RCBC? Yeah, so I am actually I just celebrated five years sober in March. Awesome. So um, before I got there. I was in and out of addiction with alcohol and opioids, and that about took like four or five years of my life. And then my nephew was born, and I was like secretly still like doing drugs, but like telling everybody I was clean. And, you know, like most people believed me, but a lot of people were like, no. (laughs) So my brother and my sister-in-law were like, listen, like we don't really want you around like, like your nephew, like if you're still getting high, like... So basically being told that I wasn't allowed to see my nephew was me being like, okay, well, then I'm going to do this so I can see him. I have that type of personality where if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to show you that I can do it. (laughs) So I guess that um, really gave me the jump. Um, I really didn't want to. Um, I was also facing jail time because I was not passing probation. So that was a big factor as well. I went to a place called Epiphany in Florida and it was very like a spiritually based kind of, it like really brought you like out of like your comfort zones and like different like practices they did. Um, The director like went around like the whole like world 
and like studied all types of different like cultures and everything and then she like brought it all together and I think like that's what really helped was to able to like be vulnerable with yourself Mm -hmm. and like really like understand who you are and like knowing it's okay to be uncomfortable and like you know just like being able to like live life that way like always being like grateful for what you have and I think that's what really helped because I went to like two other rehabs before that and they were very like you know like they taught you about addiction and all kinds of stuff like that but it was very like steps and like programs and like that sort of way so I think having that traditional yeah like more traditional Mm -hmm. I think having that like outside really helped and that's like what made me remain sober so once I started like getting everything back like paying off all my fines and like working really hard (laughs) I was like okay like I'm doing really good in my life so like what can I do to be better and that's when I decided to go back to school And I was like looking through all the programs and I'm like, I really do not know what I want to do, but like, I know I want to give back in some sort of way. Sure. So like human services was like a huge, it provided that basically. But in high school, sociology was like one of my favorite classes. And that's why like, I'm also getting my associates in that as well. Even though I just graduated with my associates in human services. You taking that here Mm -hmm. or CBC? Yeah. So, um, That's really what just like just wanting to give back and, you know, just like giving forward is basically just like what makes me want to go like toward that career. I do want to be an addiction counselor, but it's kind of like an open umbrella to like wherever I can fall or like I know I'm not probably going to be like one place like super long, you know, kind of just like see where I fall into. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good to give back because, again, you, you went through it. Yeah, you know, and, and it's great to see the success story because not many people you know, have that success story. They they never get out of that rut. Like we were talking during our prep call, like my brother in law lost his battle, right? And I thought when he had his niece, he would get his stuff together, and unfortunately, he didn't. I started taking that father figure role on for my second niece, which actually I think uh, I started to prove myself because my niece gave me a, a Father's Day thing where they said like my favorite oh, uncle or whatever, awesome. right? For the Father's Day, I'm like, oh, I'm doing a good job <laughs> here, you know. But uh, it, it's a shame, but because addiction's tough, it's tough to beat. So incredible feat for you to be five years sober and continue to go on and to give back is even credible. Look, I'm even getting goosebumps talking about it a little bit because I'm so proud of you for that. <laughs> Thank you. But um, so during these courses here at RCBC, did you have Professor Dr. Chapman there? I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was it like working or, uh, you know, studying under him or going through his courses? Um, I actually really enjoy his courses. It's can be overwhelming because he just like throws so much interesting information at you. <laughs> <laughs> but like that is like literally part of the course. Um I think how he runs his courses is also extremely helpful for like the non-traditional student because he allows you to like work ahead. He allows, he like gives you all the information that you need. So I can literally sit down in one day and read what I need to read and like knock out multiple discussion questions. And I think that is extremely important for people who are working, who have children, who like, I think all of the classes should be like formatted as he formats his classes because it makes it so much easier to better yourself and like to learn, but able to like be a parent, be a full-time student, work full-time. Mm-hmm. It just like puts all of that and like wraps it in a really pretty bow. How's that make you feel, Professor Chapman? To hear compliments, uh, deep and genuine compliments like that on multiple aspects of the courses that I put so much into is 
a, is an overjoy for me. So, so thank you for that. That, that is, that's some of the best stuff that I can hear. I would say too about Gia, the multiple reasons why you know, I asked her to come on uh, this, this podcast with us. What a deep and resilient story uh, Gia has. I mean, uh, coming out of that over a period of years, uh, much of it seems she did under her own volition and herself. And that is a testament to what, you know, anybody struggling with such things out there, what they can do. And, you know, I see my, I think Gia sort of spoke to maybe my efficiency in running my courses. How efficient is Gia with her time? She has done what, <laughs> uh, an associates in human services already. She is stacking uh, with that an associates in sociology also at, at here with us, RCBC. And on top of that, She's also uh, pursuing a, a program at the four-year uh, Rowan University. That's just, I mean, getting the most out of the time put into the resources put into something. Uh, and and that's, that's an amazing story as well. So Gia is in multiple respects uh, a model uh, student, whether we're talking about a traditional age or a non-traditional age uh, student. So uh, the, 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 the respect and the, uh, the, the feeling is mutual. And was this the first, was it actually last week, the first time you got to see each other face to face with your courses too? Or No. So we actually, we didn't formally meet, but I know like we like saw each other at uh, the award ceremony. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then I I was able to see uh, Gia's uh, graduation speech uh, online uh, because I was, I was faculty at a different part of our ceremonies and uh, was, that was the first time I had really uh, heard uh, more personally about uh, her her uh, her life uh, history and and was very much touched and moved by. It. And speaking of that, Gia, would you, you ever think that you would become like the president's award winner and speak into the RCBC class of 2022 at the commencement from where you work just a couple of years ago? Not at all. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> High school, I wasn't a horrible student, but it was like B's and C's. I think I never pushed myself further. Um, I think because growing up, like people were always like. Oh, like, you're lucky you're pretty. Like, you know, like, they kind of just like, oh, like, you may not have the smarts, but like, you know, the looks are okay for you. <laughs> so what's been your favorite part then, you know, going through all this so far? I think the commencement speech, just because my first, was it my first semester? I did, no, my second semester, I did public speaking, and that was really rough. Like, <laughs> that was... What was so rough about it? It was like... <laughs> My face would get real red. I was like ah. stuttering over my words. Like I just like was not like content in anything that like any of my speeches. And I think like I passed because he felt bad for me, my professor, because <laughs> he was like, <laughs> all right, she is trying yeah. and like she has all her work done. She just can't really get it out. <laughs> yeah. So like that but was Gia, like. Gia, look what you're doing now. Right. You, you yeah. spoke at a graduation. <laughs> you're on your uh, podcast. I mean, you're you're doing it. You know, you're doing it very well now. So yeah. Yeah. I think well. that's why I said like the commencement is like my biggest takeaway from all this because I was able to get on that stage in front of everybody and just like do my speech like really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like incredible. I was really confident when I was up there and it felt good and like empowering. And I was like, look where you are, like look where you are, but also like look where you came from. That's an incredible story. You know, it continues on. That's why I wanted to have you on the show to, to show people that like, you know, you can hit kind of rock bottom 
And still, right. as long as you push yourself and you have that drive, and that's something that you're inspiring, is that what you're telling, you know, some of your peers now um, or your people that you see? I mean, do you have friends going through this at all? Like certain addiction or? or yeah, there's like certain people. Um, I did an internship at Hope Sheds Light in Tom's River. Okay. Um, they put me through their recovery coach um, like program. So I do have that. So like I'm also like, I do help people who are still like trying to figure out like how to get clean, like when, and like, you know, just like talk to them and just be there for them. Like support is the biggest thing. Support is the biggest thing I think for anybody, but especially during addiction, because a lot of people lose friends and family members through that. And like, you know, we do it to ourselves, but like it happens, but you need someone to at least be there who will kind of like give you that push like you can do this like even though you don't believe in yourself right now Mm -hmm. you have at least me who does so like eventually you will get there as well and and again your work shows for it and so you got straight a's too I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're way too smart for me now. If you go from there, <laughs> I want to learn. But as, as Brandon was saying too, is like that, that, that balance of like work life and, and, and well, you know, um, not so much work, but educational work. Right. But I saw that you took your, you still volunteering with the soup kitchen in Camden. You still doing that or. Yeah. That's mostly like, um, like the holiday thing. Like we'll do like the Thanksgiving drives and all the stuff for there. So why is that? Why is the volunteering stuff uh, important to you? Volunteering is important for me because it's just part of giving back. Um, I've been there in Camden on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, technically, I always had, like, a roof over my head, whether if it was, like, bouncing back from, like, my mom's house to my dad's house. Like, whoever could stand to kind of look at me at that period of time. Um, but I spent, like, m- my majority of being in Camden. So, just being able to help families at least like there and like other people who are struggling as well. Um, it's kind of like roots for me, I guess. Okay. That's, that's good stuff. But, um, you know, we do have another guest on the show. We could, I know. We keep, well, we, well, I know we want to get to him. So I can talk to you all the time and be like, oh, well, Thanks, Professor Chapman, coming on. Appreciate it. But uh, I do want to shift the perspective over to the faculty side now as you do bring in Dr. Chapman, Brandon, as we like to call him as well. Thanks for, you know, again, coming on the show. But when I'm asking, you know, some faculty members, because I still try to understand the, the programs and dynamics under the meta majors here at RCBC, um, everyone in liberal uh, liberal arts and Laurel Hall here kept saying when I said I was going to bring up social and behavioral sciences, and he said, Brandon. I'm like, which one's Brandon? They're like, uh, looks like Shaggy a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I know him. I know, I know Dr. Brandon Chapman because I always want to know where he was because I see you pull up. And um, But I got to work with you once more uh, during the Facebook town hall. Uh, and I thought, yes, you would be a great person to bring on the show. Um, so for starters, uh, Brandon, uh, what are some of the classes you teach here at RCBC? Uh, I do a variety. I'm actually both I'm department chair of anthropology and sociology. So I do about half anthropology, which we run one anthropology course right now, which is intro to cultural anthropology. That's anthropology one and two. That gets a lot of uh, folks looking for gen ed uh, diversity, uh, gen ed requirements uh, sort of course. Uh, it meets that requirement. So uh, I love that course because you get a whole smattering of students from across college many different majors. And so it's a wonderful way to get a good sample of just all the different types of students. Uh, anyway, you could describe different students on campus. I get a variety in that course. I also do sociology courses, principles of sociology, the social 101, which is the intro course, and then also social problems, which is social 201, uh, an upper division uh, sociology course. So that's, those are my 
Okay. Uh, those are my classes. So, so both online and in person. Okay. And I should say too, going back to Gia's comment, you know, it, it's we run 14, 15 week semesters. We also have in the summer like seven and 10 week semesters, these sorts of things, different courses. Um, I like to put all of my materials online uh, on these online courses right at the beginning of a semester just because why should a student be uh, hindered from looking ahead at various materials throughout a semester? If uh, I'm very much a prom I'm, I very much am a proponent of autodidactism, you know, the ability for people to not, I mean, not only learn from an instructor, but also self-learn and self-pace themselves a little bit. So, you know, if uh, so, I, so I don't, I don't necessarily see, you know. That's that's you know speaking back to the previous point you know that was that was made earlier why mm -hmm. I like to put uh, you know basically all of my course up right at the start of a term because um, you know different people work at different paces and I don't want to limit uh, students to uh, you know be be paced at my own pace I'd like them to be able to pace themselves a little bit if they feel they have the ability to do so and it showed it worked for you right there yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you get your master. I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad some. I'm glad some students like it. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to speak about previous. So you get your master of social science from Utah State University. You followed by your doctor of philosophy from Washington State University. How does one end up here on Mount Laurel? Well, so I uh, I've been very fortunate to live in many parts of the United States and also travel internationally and do field work internationally in many different places. I've had. Uh, somewhat varied career, but I've been the consistent part of all of that is I've been a social scientist and anthropologist uh, and sociologist for my entire adult life. And I've been very fortunate to be able to do that. And not everybody that pursues a PhD actually ends up working professionally in the field, certainly not as always as faculty. Um, I, you know, to make it short, um, I, I'm from the Midwest originally, I moved out West. I wanted a little bit of an adventure. Uh, I like the programs out there, uh, these various universities I was at. I eventually finished my PhD. I went up and lived in Alaska through most of my 30s for eight years. I uh, had a ton of adventures up there. Alaska in itself is an adventure. I uh, lived all over the state. I actually did some field work in the Arctic with a bunch of the, a lot of different Native American groups up there. And uh, I was uh, uh, I was faculty at University of Alaska, uh, an extension campus there for a while. Uh, and I put out my uh, CV, my academic resume, uh, to. Um, some various colleges uh, back in 2019, and uh, I got an interview, an online interview, and an offer uh, from uh, RCBC. Uh, had an offer at another place. I decided to come here, and I am uh, I am I am thrilled that I came here. Um, I love Jersey. I love Rowan. Uh, the students are such a diverse. Uh, I mean, this this is I, I'm I'm so lucky. We all are lucky. Should feel lucky to live in such a intensely diverse place, one of the most diverse places in the United States. People from all over the world here. And at RCBC, we have such a wonderful represent, representation of the world. Yes, uh, we do. I mean, I get students from the Caribbean, from you know, Sub-Saharan Africa, from the Middle East, from parts of Europe, from you know, all, all over the globe. And, uh, and the, the students have uh, are, are such a wonderful variety. And I have uh, you know, you know, very nice, uh, wonderful colleagues here. And so um, I've been able to pursue what I want here as a faculty member, uh, you know, with the students. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be um, uh, at Rowan. So, so Jersey brought me here. I'm happy to be here. And, uh, and, and now I'm ending my third year and entering my fourth. So I'm, I'm going to be here probably the rest of my career. And I'm how very the, excited about that. How's the pace of life compared from Alaska to here? Fast. <laughs> people talk fast. People uh, drive, drive fast. fast. Yeah. I remember when I came. So you know, I lived in 
a small town, a small cruise ship tourist town in Alaska. That's where I was teaching at a small campus there, mostly online. Actually, we had some in-person students and, you know, 45 miles an hour was the fastest you could drive because the roads didn't connect out to the rest of the highways that connected to the contiguous United States. Many Alaskan towns are like that. So when I got here, I mean, I grew up in Illinois. I'd obviously lived in the lower 48 for much of my life. Um, I, I was, I was holding the wheel, you know, like at, at, at 10, at 10 and two, which I almost never do. Cause I, I was like gritting my teeth because I'd been out of, you know, traffic for so long when people were on my bumper all of a sudden all the time, <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I probably looked like an, you know, an old, uh, scared man, you know, driving, <laughs> driving around, uh, you know, but any, but anyway, so, so, so there, but, but it is an interesting cultural social science sort of thing. Actually, there are a lot of cultural differences between the East Coast and West Coast. And uh, that stereotype that East Coast is more argumentative and faster is not necessarily a stereotype. There are some, I, at least from my own years of observations now, some, you know, some, some validities there. So, so yes, uh, I, and I, I, if I can tell one more quick story, Absolutely no. um, the, uh, my, my, my first semester of courses, I had a, uh, you know, an, an older student uh, that would come after class and, and talk to me a little bit. You know, she was uh, she was doing good in the course. We just wanted to, you know, see even more and uh, discuss some of the topics. And I had to actually ask her to slow down her pace of speaking <laughs> because I was not used to hearing sort of the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia fast pace of speak. Because uh, uh, I worked with Alaska Natives a lot, and especially Native Americans tend to speak quite slowly. Their their oration of speech is, is can sometimes be really paced slow. And so I had to get used to actually hearing English uh, spoken at a, at a quick pace, if you will, um, yeah. since moving here. But so now not West Coast, not East Coast, but you're all the way out in Georgia, the country itself. So what are, what are you doing over there? Uh, you know, why are you out there for the summer? Well, both the uh, travel and a little bit of research too. I mean, I like to combine both. Um, okay. My fiance and I, uh, my fiance is actually a Russian national from Russia. Uh, she is, um, she's, a, she's actually the first person I've ever met that's actually traveled more than I have. And so I, I had, I had to ask her to marry me. <laughs> so, you know, and yeah. uh, um, so, so, so we try to, we try to travel internationally as much as we can. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm personally very fortunate because I have a faculty schedule that allows me summertime away physically from campus to be able to you know, travel for extended periods. And I've tried to take advantage of that, not only through just experiencing many other parts of the world, but also, you know, doing forms of research. I do a lot of videos actually, and I bring them into my anthropology courses. I'm actually redesigning one of my anthropology and some of my sociology courses this summer, um, attempting to bring a lot more of my own materials um, from my travels into those courses. Um, so, you know, it's so, so I, I research um, how uh, uh, culture affects uh, political opinion and, 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 and uh, national politics. And so I've uh, done research uh, in parts of Eurasia, especially Russia, but uh, I, I'm looking at Georgia now too as a potential uh, field site. To look at how um, you know uh, political expression and political opinion, how people perceive of government and uh, their politics in their nation, uh, how that's affected by different sort of cultural circumstances and these sorts of things, so, which is some things that anthropologists sometimes study. So, uh, um, so anyway, I'm having uh, we're having a wonderful time here and uh, and, and exploring uh, uh, some of the history, some of the sites, and uh, and the food and the music and things that uh, one would do when. 
sounds, traveled abroad and yeah, that sounds pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go over there. I'm mean, uh, talking about eating the Georgian food and stuff. And you already asked my, you already answered my own qu- question. I was going to follow about what types of research. But uh, my boss, Greg Volpe, the executive director here on strategic marketing communications at RCBC, said he was actually he was telling me. First of all, he said thank you for answering all these email responses. Uh, you know, uh, throughout the time because sometimes faculty, when it's summertime, they kind of just want to decompress a little bit, but uh, you've been super responsive and he, he thanked you for that, but also said something about you're working with a, uh, or part of Ukraine or come back from Ukraine from part of an organization that's trying to encourage countries maybe embracing neurodiverse policies or something like that. Not that we have to dive deep into that. I mean, you can, I just kind of want to. Well, actually, actually that, that is, um, that's actually somebody else. That's going to be a, a likely guest on a series that I, so I host, um, uh, as part of a grant, I have a federal grant with the college, and as part of that federal grant recently, um, that's been promoting uh, and developing uh, global studies as a uh, set of courses here at RCBC. I've also been, I've also created and host uh, a series called the RCBC Global Studies Lecture Series. Okay. I've been very fortunate to be able to bring in a lot of a lot of uh, prominent scholars uh, from around the country on various uh, issues of international, especially international political importance. And uh, a likely future guest on uh, probably a, a, an event in the in the fall 2022 uh, uh, part of the series will be uh, uh, I don't want to divulge his name, but he is actually uh, he's a, a, a neurologist in the region who actually volunteers in what you just spoke about, Jay, which is the um, uh, working with a neurodiverse uh, people uh, in Ukraine. And uh, I believe I, I'm not sure of the whole story yet, but. Uh, but, but advocating for their needs and such. And so we, you know, we, we are, we are fortunate to have uh, good neurological care in the United States. Uh, that is not always the case, uh, in a lot of other countries, a lot of, uh, neurodiverse people are, uh, automatically institutionalized, if you will. Um, in some cases, not necessarily regardless of their neurological condition. And so, uh, this is something that we'll likely be talking about on an episode of the global studies lecture series this fall. So, awesome. so yes. Awesome, awesome. So, did you go to Ukraine at all uh, while you're out there? Or I've been I've been to Ukraine. Yes, I've been to Ukraine uh, twice before. Back uh, that would be six, seven, eight years ago. Okay, I was. Yeah. I know so I, I, so I've been I've been I've been to Kiev. I've been to uh, Crimea, and I've been to Lviv. So I, Lviv is in the west near Poland. Kiev is the capital and center, and Crimea is the part that was annexed by Russia back in 2014. I was actually in Crimea to uh, just what that was. Uh, about a month before the 2014 annexation occurred, so I was there right before that, that happened. Did you know you were, what you were signing up for? That your professor had this much uh, background and diversity, and I did not and cultural experience. I did not, but I think <laughs> it, like not it sounds like it now right away. Yeah. But like eventually, like when you hear his like lectures and everything, he does incorporate a lot of like where he's been and like what he's done, which I think is like really amazing because some professors like you don't even know like what they like their other life you know what i mean like you they're just like your professor here and like in this course but he brings that all to you which is like so amazing yeah i think it's it's an incredible what you do provide for the students here brandon um to get that that background i think we're we're truly honored to have you here as an instructor uh, at rcbc um case shows in point here with she as well and what she's been doing and just talking to you guys so it's kind of bringing me back but um 
for someone that's maybe looking to get into this field, you know, whether it's a high school prospective student of such, uh, first brand, I'll touch on you. Um, what are some of the general courses and maybe some of the topics covered? I know we, we skimmed over it like a little bit earlier, um, but if someone's kind of looking to get into this a little bit now, maybe like a career path, we know, we, I guess it feels like it's a, this umbrella gets wider as I talk to you guys even further. Sure. Sociology as a discipline is a broad, meaning wide breadth discipline. Uh, we cover a broad array of topics. Sociology, if I can summarize it in a sentence or two, we look at various demographic groups, meaning breaking down people by age, education level, ethnicity, uh, all these different social indicators that you could categorize somebody by. And we look at how various groups then come together and form and live in and maintain a society. That could be the United States, that could be another society. We usually think of a society as a national level thing, but there you go. And, uh, and how those individuals and people in those groups, you know, build organizations, institutions, culture, and these sorts of, you know, laws and rules and norms of how to build and maintain a society. And so that covers naturally a lot of different topics, right? Uh, and this is the hopefully the exciting thing about sociology. Uh, you know, we look at things like um, ethnic relations and immigration. Uh, we look at things uh, like uh, educational attainment. Uh, among different groups and, you know, and, and how that's and how that affects people's, uh, you know, uh, income levels and things like that. We look at poverty and inequality, you know, uh, we look at, uh, we look at crime, we look at um, uh, social problems like uh, suicide and alcoholism and, and drug addiction and these sorts of things. Um, this is why, for example, you know, a lot of uh, sociology, may, people looking to get into counseling uh, as, as Gia has uh, been looking at to end up uh, taking sociology courses and even a sociology uh, major. It's very appropriate for that sort of thing. Um, you know, so we, we look at this broad array of social problems and societal elements, if you will, sectors of society. And we try to do, I think, sort of two, that, that from two different avenues. We do it from looking at broad trends statistically, you know, what's going on with crime, what's going on with immigration, what's going on with family structure, what's going on with all these different things. So we look, we look at the big picture, if you will. Um, and then we look at case studies or what we call ethnography, meaning interviews, uh, case studies that look at individuals that represent those larger trends, if you understand what I'm saying. So it gives us sort of the the background and the stories and the specifics of what make up those larger trends of society. And so for somebody, you know, so, so this, you know, speaks to a lot of different uh, potential avenues of career path. Um, you know, somebody interested in law, for example, or going into uh, paralegal, uh, that sort of profession. You know, we look at, uh, with all these different parts of society, the laws and the rules that go into, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, understanding these things. So. Uh, for for pre-law students or for paralegal students, uh, this is an excellent major. Uh, if you want to understand, uh, you know, again, uh, people's backgrounds and you know how that relate can relate to uh, people's experience with social problems, uh, you know, counseling uh, again, like uh, that speaks to sort of Gia's uh, uh, path, if you will. Uh, so if you want to get into some sort of counseling, uh, you know, um, uh, drug, alcohol, uh, psychological, other forms of counseling, uh, you know, that, that that sociology is very appropriate for that. Uh, if you want to get into uh, sort of social research, there's a lot of governmental organizations that, uh, you know, do like demographic research, uh, you know, for uh, either you know, city, county level government, that sort of stuff, state level government. Uh, sociology is very appropriate for that. Uh, if you want to get into, you know, um, uh, 
business, for example, understanding different cultural backgrounds and how that relates to how people, um, you know, uh, think about the products they buy or consume or that sort of stuff. There's a lot of sociological research that looks at that. So, I mean, there's a, you know, we could go on and on with a lot of different uh, potential, uh, uh, you know, jobs and sort of careers, if you will. So it's a very malleable, a very flexible and a very broad, you know, sort of uh, set of courses and, and a major. And so for a student that is uh, looking at sociology at RCBC as a potential, uh, you know, set of courses or an associate's degree, you would take a 101, that's the intro, that's the principles of sociology, that's a broad introduction to these different topic areas. Then you choose three courses from the, the list of the rest of our upper division courses. So that would be, you could, you know, take a social problems course. We offer that, that looks more at policy and those sort of, you know, problems of society and how policy affects that. Um, I think uh, Gia actually took that course a few years ago, mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the 201. We have marriage and family, uh, social 205, which looks at family structure and how that affects uh, wealth creation, poverty, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, forms of, uh, you know, gender expression, um, you know, divorce, these sorts of things. Uh, we look at, uh, then we have a course, you know, uh, minority groups or what is also sometimes called race and ethnicity. That's SOCH 210. That looks at the history of ethnic relations, uh, in the United States, especially, uh, discrimination, uh, you know, history of legal, uh, you know, uh, precedent and statute, uh, looking at, uh, you know, how, how that, is, how that affects different ethnic groups. And, uh, and we have intro to women's studies, uh, so it's 209. And so we have a variety of different things uh, covering these, different, specializing in these topic areas that uh, I mentioned, I believe earlier that, you know, you can then take those topic areas into these various courses and, uh, and get a little more specialized. And they transfer very well to the, you know, our various four years uh, in the region as well, so. Right, including Roman University, <laughs> yeah. where G is at, <laughs> where I graduated from as well. But, yes. um, but it, it does sound like too, even if it's not a specific major, there's someone wants to get into like whether, you know, uh, in sociology or um, just having some of these courses, I think even as an elective kind of helps broaden, you know, your perspective and your, your view, I would think, and kind of uh, just growing as a, as a person and a, as an academic student. Um, but I do want to shift the course just a little bit before we kind of wrap it up. And it's something I was kind of teasing a little bit last week and something I'm kind of starting to add new to the, to the show here because... Um, you know, recently announced that I'm going to be a dad and I have a baby girl on the way and I have to work on oh, some. Congratulations. Thank you. So I have uh, I've been working on some dad jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we said we were talking about it. We said we were sure if we we're going to be able to find like some kind of uh, behavioral sciences or social behavioral sciences dad jokes. And yes, I stole these from the Internet. So I didn't write these. All right. So if they're bad, you can blame the Internet. If they're good, you can you can give me credit for, <laughs> for writing them. So I'll put it out there. Everyone can answer. What do you call an academic that apologizes all the time? I have no idea. <laughs> an anthropologist. <laughs> oh. oh, all right, there it is. That's uh, that's that that is. I, I have been an anthropologist twenty years, and I've never heard that. That is. That I is, figured you were gonna. One. I thought you were gonna get that one right that away. Is a, that is a genuinely good joke. Thanks, Internet. Yes. Okay. All right. That's excellent. So, so that's one I think. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is SOS or Psych. Could be both. Um, but what's a sleeping brain's favorite musical group? No crickets. I can yeah. add a little cricket button in here somewhere. <laughs> uh, REM. 
Mm. Uh, uh, dum oh, 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 yeah. R.E.M. was my band growing up. <laughs> I, I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. Yep, I'm right there with you. So we both, um, you know, had that. I, I, I went through the Michael Stipe, you know, shave, you know head shaving phase. You okay. know, that, 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 I did you the, know, that's, that's, I did the whole, like, I guess, bowl cut or whatever. You shave the sides and you flop the hair over or whatever, the whole, like, server thing I or believe skater he was, thing. I believe he was the first person to really bring that into style, if I remember correctly. That was not really much of a, a popular thing back in, like, before 90 for whenever that year was and then he kind of popularized what became a popular thing men shaving their heads yeah no it was all big hair big hair and like a bunch of hairspray then it was long curly hair and then it was no hair everything yeah <laughs> no, no hair pretty much all right one you, more whatever whatever site or sites you are getting these jokes from is you need to keep them a secret because they're good and, you, and <laughs> I, I think you need exclusive uh, exclusivity on this okay on this corner of the market if you will well, it's starting because, to work and i said as i try to build this show i like having its own little dynamic and a little fun you know at the, at the end here it's like uh one more so why did the anthropologist here's another anthropologist question why did the anthropologist eat a lot of yogurt <laughs> <laughs> So he could understand the culture. Oh. <laughs> These are great. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, woo, woo. No. So. And you have the laugh track. No, if I commended uh, Gia for, I, I want to commend you, Jay, for like, I've never heard actual good anthropologist jokes. That was awesome. Yeah. So, like, like I've got, I like, I, if you don't mind, I may, I may, I may quote that material a little you bit. Can go ahead. Yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely thought for sure the, uh, the academic apologizing one, um, would heard that one, but I was like, I'll st just throw this one out there in case it gets it and then try to squeeze some of them in oh. there. So, but don't worry, I have other ones in there where I'm like, if they, they don't work out, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got to work on some of these. The sound effects. Yeah. I got to start working on some of these soundboards and stuff too. So, um, but, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Uh, however, though, before I, I do uh, let both of you go, and I know you know it's almost bedtime for you over there, Brandon. Um, maybe depending on how late you want to stay up. But I know, um, Gia, is there anything that you would like to say to someone telling that maybe battling their own addictions or know someone who is is looking to turn things around? Like an inspirational message you can even kind of recite a little bit from your uh, commencement speech or something like that. Yeah, um, I just like to put out there that like even though you may not believe in yourself right away, eventually it will get to that point. And a lot of times when you're in addiction, you don't love yourself at all. So it takes a lot of work and to eventually get that way, but you will be able to love yourself again. Um, it is just a lot of work on yourself and you have to be willing to take the, criti the criticism, take all the feedback and just really reel it in and really find like who you are and like who you truly want to be. And, you know, um, it's starting to go away, but addiction has a lot of like stigmatism towards it. And we're all looked at like bad people or like raised poorly or, mm -hmm. but we all come from so many different backgrounds. So not all of us were raised poorly or, you know what I mean? So it has nothing to do with that. It's just addiction is, a terrible disease and it will take control of your whole entire life. But as long as you fight the hardest, basically you probably will ever have to fight in your life. You will be able to overcome it. Yeah. And again, you're a shining example of that case in point. And again, congrats on your sobriety and continued sobriety and what you're doing. Uh, I think, you know, you're doing amazing work and what you're going to be doing. You're going to be touching a lot of many other lives. And I think, um, you know, we're pretty proud of you to be here throughout, you know, come through the RCBC program and, 
um, have nothing but great expectations for you. So thank keep, you. Keep and thank up. you for allowing me to be on your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Brandon, was there anything you'd like to say to some students that may be looking to get in this type of study or anything you want to plug or um, jokes? I, I, th I think you know, sociology is a wonderful potential major for a lot of different students of a lot of different backgrounds. I think you can, it's, it's one of those things, if you, you know, a lot of college students can be undecided and a lot of, it's very common for students to change majors you know, as they go along. Uh, if you feel you have maybe multiple paths that you may want to go along, if you're very much interested in how you know, some specific you know, avenue within society, uh, you know, try a sociology course. Uh, I think you'd be uh, pleasantly surprised at uh, you know, the variety of things that you can learn uh, from a lot of different pers perspectives that you may not get in some other disciplines uh, traditionally. So yeah. go for it. We, yeah. are, we are welcoming. So. I think just to piggyback off Dr. Trapman a little bit, um, I think no matter what you want to do in life, taking sociology is extremely important yes. because it allows you to grow and like respect others and their culture and like know like how to interact with people basically and just like all all respect. Yeah. It's, so I think it's a huge thing. Especially in the, in the social media world where it's too easy to kind of the information that's out there and people just kind of gravitate towards that. I think this is what I'm, I'm expected to think, or this is what I, my group hears my right. think and stuff. But um, yes. And, and you know what? Amer and Americans are exceptional in many ways, but America is also Americans, generally speaking, can be a little bit insulated from the world in some respects. And I, I think uh, it's, it's one of my, as a cultural anthropologist too, one of my broad goals to just introduce a lot of different cultures to people. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I mean, I know some high school students in the region take world cultures or something like that, sometimes as an elective, that is an elective offered, I believe, at some of our area high schools, and that's wonderful. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not always the case that high school, especially our high school students come in with um, necessarily as much knowledge of the world uh, as maybe they should. And so taking a sociology or even an anthropology course is, is uh, one of the better ways that one can achieve that sort of uh, cross-cultural knowledge as Gia is, is, is so eloquently uh, describing. I think both of you are eloquently describing it. <laughs> Not so much me, but I'm here just to kind of facilitate and have you guys on the show. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, as again, that's going to do it for, the much for this episode of the Program Pod. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. As I want to thank our guest again today for bringing us a little more insight into the Social and Behavioral Sciences Program. Uh, I met a major here at RCBC. Our guest once again... Gia <laughs> Carciello, the uh, our little student here, a little recent graduate in human services at RCBC, well on her way to many other degrees through her own university. And of course, Dr. Brandon Chapman, RCBC instructor and department chair of social and behavioral science. So I am Jay Varga. And if you want to learn more about RCBC's programs, you can visit rcbc.edu. And if you want to find out about other RCBC podcasts we have, like the Baroness podcast, well, you can go ahead and check us out at rcbc.edu slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to the program pod wherever you get your podcast. So till next time, thanks for listening. And thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>